Hey everybody, and welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli. And I'm Lyle. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Decadance. Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah. I remember we talked about this a bit back in season one, both when it came out, and uh, I believe it made it into our best of 2020 video or episode yes i had to i had to go back uh we mentioned it in our taste of the season for summer 2020 and then it was one of that year's winners of best of 2020 uh we don't we don't actually like number them so it's not like this got first or this got second or whatever but uh so it was one of them. It was not, like, above or below any of the others. But, um... It's a show that's very near and dear to my heart. I was super hyped waiting for it to come out. We, we, we've mentioned this before, but just a quick recap, because that was both a very long time ago in terms of both the show and the episode we did about it kind of coming out. Uh, like, as soon as I saw the trailer, because I love Studio Nut. They've done one thing, but... <laughs> That being Yojo Senki. But uh, because of Yojo Senki, I'm like, all right, Studio Nut, they, they're the going places. Uh, and that places, those places they went to turned out to be Decadance. Uh, I stand by what I said when I said that it is criminally underrated. But uh, let, let's let's get into it. I mean, well, obviously we're already into it. Uh, you know, Summer 2020, Studio Nut. Uh... It's not that unpopular. I mean, it has a quarter million members on my anime list, which places it at number 716. So not bad. Although, you'll never guess what occupies slot 715. What? No, 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 you have to guess. Oh, I have to guess? Yes, you uh, actually have to guess. Because... Uh... Is it Arafarata? No, no, no. God, Damn. no. <laughs> okay, I would be good. pissed if that happened. Although, to be fair, there's plenty of stuff in front of it that I feel deserves to be less popular. Like, freaking Assassin's Pride is more popular. Seriously? I'm That's not joking. Dull. Assassin's Pride is number 655. Wow. Okay, uh, I'm going to do one more guess, then you get on with the episode. Okay. Uh... I'll give you a hint. That's... It's okay. relevant. <laughs> it's relevant to this episode. Is it? I don't think it's Platinum Inverted, is it? You would be correct thinking it's Platinum I, Inverted. It, I, wait, it is? It is literally. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, oh, Platinum Inverted awesome. 715. This is 716. Oh, that's great. <laughs> They're neighbors. They are. It's fantastic. It's like it was destined to be. Funnily enough, especially since uh, Potima Inverted, I mentioned how underrated it was when it came out, or when we did the episode on it. Uh, it's since gone up in rating. It's now over 8.0. It's 8.02. Ooh, very nice. So it appears that uh, I don't want to take credit for that, but I'm absolutely going to take credit for that. <laughs> I mean, when you've only got, like, what, a few hundred people that have watched you? Even one extra person? <laughs> will change the rating pretty drastically. <laughs> for, I couldn't tell for a second if you were insulting us or Potomac Inverted, because only one of those is unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but uh yeah decadence another criminally underrated show 7.43 so uh if this like suddenly shoots up to like 8.0 or something uh i i will again take credit but um i mean i will say in spite of its criminal underrate underrating a lot of a lot of people had do like it that that is true a lot um, i was looking... even big big people in the anime community who were like this is a really good show it just sucks it came out in such a busy season that's basically what i've concluded it it, it made a, it made a good splash especially among like critics and such but uh it just never excuse me it never achieved that uh mainstream success which I guess could be worse, but uh, yeah, I know top three of our 2020 came out in 2020. Obviously, the director did Mob Psycho 100. Oh, very nice. Yes. Uh the VA for Natsume, the main girl, also voices yeah. Len. Oh, very nice. So, <laughs> shockingly apropos. Another another series. That we like. Ah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I, 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 I saying I love this show has been well established. So I'm gonna try not to just sit here and gush about it. But um, so decadence. It's it's decadence. But as we've as we've previously established, I pronounce it differently because I'm a special little boy. And I, I, I'm not allowed, I can't do things the way other people do them. Because I have to be difficult about things. But, uh, Decadence. I would sum up the plot, but the plot can get convoluted. So, in the 2400s, pollution got so out of hand that it made the Earth's surface and atmosphere uninhabitable. So, a mega corporation, a whole bunch of mega corporations, came out with these like cyborg robot people to like sort of replace humanity, and they turned out to be so profitable and good at doing things that they were able to buy Eurasia as well as humanity. At which point. They gave control over everything to an AI with the instructions of don't let this that would happen to the Earth happen again. Put a dome over it and turn it into an MMO for the cyborgs. That's a massive spoiler for, for that you get, but it's at the end of episode one. So episode one, episode two. So it's one of those shows that you can't really talk about without spoiling one of its major twists. Which is also the basic premise of the show. I remember that when it was coming out, there was a lot of people who were really pissed off by that. Yeah, and those just people the, could go the fuck themselves. Reveal. Just the whole reveal, yeah. <laughs> the whole reveal was very like, oh, why did they do it like that? Gross. I thought it was something completely different. I mentioned this before, but it, it needed that twist for me, actually. I, I would have liked it anyway. But taking it in the direction it did versus being whatever it would have been what people were expecting, I guess, uh, is much better. 
in my opinion. The only opinion that matters. But... I've also already mentioned it gives extremely pleasant uh, memories of Expelled from Paradise. Uh, to the point where you could probably, with just a couple tack welds and a few acetylene torches, weld it into the cannon of Expelled from Paradise. But so, I buy that? <laughs> I, I pay money for that. We've got two, two main characters. We've got Natsume and Kuburagi. Kuburagi. Kaburagi. That guy. And it's actually kind of interesting because the story's like two interwoven lines where with Natsume, it's, you know, her coming of age story and, you know, standard all that. Whereas in Kirk, Kirk, I mean, they call him Kuba or Kabu most of the time. Where Kabu's, it's his epic fight against the system and the corporate machine AI overlords who are dis- who are stand over them in some sort of techno dystopia and they they weave together in and out in a way that's very it's very fluid i guess is how i best could best describe it the world itself is Amazing. I mean, you have uh, the Gadol, who can generate fields that disrupt gravity and magnetism around them, which actually makes the straw weapons that they use make sense in-universe. Shockingly, that the fact that they're firing metal straws out of, like, cannons... I, I don't know if they're, like, steam-powered or... I, I, I'm assuming they're some sort of rail or gauss weapon, but... And that's because since the monsters regenerate and they also disrupt, you know, magnetism around them, so you have to be inside their anti-gravity field to shoot a weapon at them. You have to kill them via blood loss. And so by shooting a metal straw into them, you actually absolutely maximize blood loss by preventing the wound from closing. And they never outright state this. I mean, that's like, oh, you have to kill him via blood loss, and they go and chew a straw into him. But it's just, if you look at it from the perspective of why do the do why do they do the things they do, it actually you know checks out. They put more than five seconds worth of thought into it. The aerial combat is. Absolutely amazing and fantastic. And the city of Decadence uh, transforms into a laser-powered rocket fist that would make Hibiki proud. (laughs) Absolutely. But the art is pretty gorgeous, especially the background art. It's like in episode one when they're sitting and watching the clouds go by. It looks fantastic. The music that plays during the montages and everything, the opening ending, classic, fantastic, absolutely amazing. Uh, so I guess now onto the meat, the meat of the matter. But uh, one of the main important things to the plot and how they're able to have like two plot lines running at the same time is the fact that there's 
you know, the world of the humans and the avatars inside Decadence. And there's the world of the cyborgs in the spaceship floating over the Earth. And the thing is, it's not, there's not a, it's not cyber world versus real world. It's real world and real world. And yes, they can combine. So it's kind of like the movie Avatar, not the airbender one, the one by James Cameron, but not shitty. The, uh, this may be a controversial opinion, but I hate Avatar the movie. <laughs> More on that at seven. But this is neither the time nor place to go into a long rant about James Cameron. I don't hate James Cameron, but regardless, moving on. Uh, we got our two main characters, Natsume, you know, her coming-of-age story. You know, a girl who dreams for more but is turned down by all those around her because of her disability. But she is the chosen one. She's not the chosen one. And I say that not in the... Because technically she's like the chosen one from a literary sense, but the only thing special about her is the fact that she sh she suffered like medical death as a child, which technically any person, if they go heart dead but not brain dead, could probably replicate exactly what happens to her. So she's special, but more from a she's a, you know motivated person than from a she is the chosen one born from Jesus's loincloth type deal. Kabu is her older mental her older mentor figure, sort of a surrogate father for her. But uh you know, Natsume is such a great, you know, fully developed character that she actually because, you know, you have multiple plot lines running. Even when he's not around, she continues to undergo her growth and character development. She's not just sitting around waiting for her mentor to come back. I mean, she literally is waiting for him to come back. But that's because she misses him. And she cares for him. And they're a family. A really strange, messed up family. And especially with Natsume, it's really nice to see how, you know... Yeah, she's motivated, and she, she, I'd almost want to say she's like a stock pronent, uh, not pronent, shonen protagonist, in that she's basically, her power is the power of heart and determination, but it really is, we, we see enough of her vulnerabilities and insecurities that it's, she's doing, she's acting all motivated and determined because... She wants to be motivated and determined when deep down she's not and she's just depressed and, you know, she lives in a really shitty dystopian world. And then Kabu's basically like the do-it-for-her meme from The Simpsons. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, including literally having a montage of, at the end of just all of the things not spaced on to motivate him. Which, I mean, she is pretty adorable. But, um, the pacing. I mentioned the pacing of in our best of video. But, well and truly, the, the pacing of this show is absolute masterclass. 
episode one through five could have basically carried an entire season on their own. Episode six through nine could have probably also carried an entire season on their own. And then the last three episodes could have probably been wrapped up in like a series of OVAs or a movie or if you really wanted to, a third season. But ordinarily when I say something like that, that's a bad thing because you kind of bloated your series too much. But by whatever magic trick Studio Nut and all the people working on this were able to pull off, they managed to basically cram two and a half, three seasons worth of material into one season. And they did that because they're like, why would we attempt to spread out our creativity? And this is actually, like, I've read some interviews and stuff. They basically wanted to put all their good ideas in at once so they wouldn't have to, you know, they didn't want to compromise on the the quality. They don't really care about making some super franchise that they can go and milk until it runs dry. They want to keep making new and inventive things. I mean, the studio's done two things. <laughs> and the, the third thing they're going to do is going to be a sequel to the first thing they did, but that's also because Yojosenki's that amazing. If you watched the Yojosenki movie, they had the, like the interviews at the end. I watched, we watched a little of those, remember? I, I think so. And how... They were talking about how at Studio Nut, they're basically just all a bunch of nerds. And so they basically made Yojo Senki because of like, this is what we would have wanted to see out there. That's that's the sort of thing that we have with Decadence. No, no compromising on, oh, you know, if we do it this way, it won't sell as well. Or, oh, if we do it this way, it won't. Whatever. As, as we know, the twist in it kind of turned a bunch of people off. But, um... To the point where they've actually... There's no plans for a second season of Decadence. Uh, they built a massive world with all sorts of interesting things. They wrapped up the main plot line, but... As, as we see in episode 2, or was it 5? I think both, actually. They built a dome over the continent of Eurasia. They weren't the only people to, like, do something about the, you know, eminent extinction of mankind. They show, like, five other societies around the world that they never interact with. So there's plenty of material in the world to do more stuff. And they said they'd love to do more with the world, just in some other format. Because they don't think that... A, you know, the the 12 episode anime format would be good for the rest of the material they have in the world. Which is especially interesting, actually. They're like, yeah, there's plenty of material for a sequel, but we feel a sequel would just cheapen the experience. We're going to figure some other way of showing all that extra material. It's definitely cool. But, uh, there's a couple things that I, I rewatched it for this review that I noticed that I didn't notice the first time around. The first time around, you know, he's overfeeds Pipe there. Half dog, half eldritch monstrosity. 
And at first I thought that was because uh, Kuburagi was planning to die in their epic assault against the secret underground laboratory where they were breeding all the Gadol. But uh, I, I realized second time around, from what he knew he was going to do once they got there, that was Pipe's last meal. Kind of... I mean, I've never had to euthanize a pet before, but as someone who has had and has enjoyed having pets, it's a little bit different. But, take a dance. Here's, as we all know, as I went on a very long-winded rant about, I I, I really love science fiction. And I really love Decadence, partially because it's science fiction. But I, I actually looked at this up because I'm like, why is it that Decadence feels like throwing a gallon of water to a man dying in the desert? And here's what I realized. How many things are there, according to my anime list, which... For this case, actually, I feel like is pretty good data. How many, like, shows, movies, and everything combined came out in, like, the last five years that are tagged as science fiction and adventure? As both of those? Yes. Uh, 24? No, fifth. well, above a 7.0 on my anime list is 15. Wow. Uh, guess how many of those aren't tagged shonen? One. There is Maiden Abyss. Oh. And it's three movies. Of course. <laughs> there is Decadence. There is Girls Last Tour. And there's Bo Fury. That's an isekai. I've not watched I mean, Bo Fury, but it's, it's, does that uh, count? I wouldn't really call it an isekai, though, because it's just uh, about a person who plays a VR MMO. I wouldn't even really call that science fiction. It's more fantasy. Yeah, I wouldn't, but yeah. I mean, I guess with the fact that it's a video game she's playing, that's a fantasy world, but... For the sake of contention, let's say it is. So we have four in the past five years from twenty uh, from twenty sixteen from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one. We've had four. It's not a lot. No. <laughs> in five years, we've had one twelve episode anime series, one twelve episode anime series, one twelve episode anime series one 13-episode anime series, and it's three film sequels. And then we've had, like, Dr. Stone, which I'm not digging on Dr. Stone, but it is... It is a shonen before it is, like, a sci-fi thing. That's and true. then there's basically anime lost in space. Uh, I don't even really know what this is. 
this basically looks like you took the idea for, from Lost in Space and made it into an anime. I, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, other than the fact that it looks like the stereotypical high school kids flying around in a spaceship shown in anime. I might give it a chance still, but, you know, I'm going to have to let it surprise me. God of High School is on that list above 7.0, but it's a show No. And this is this is somehow tagged as sci-fi. I, no, that's, that is fantasy. It is, it is, uh, whatchamacallit, modern fan, what is modern fantasy? Urban fantasy? Urban fan, it's urban fantasy. It's not science fiction. I understand that science fiction tends to get overused a lot, but yeah. But uh, even with Girls Last Tour, also I, of the four things not shown in on this list, I've watched three of them. Two. Two, two, and, two and a half. I tried watching Maiden Abyss, but I set it down like I always do, and then never got around to it like I always do. This is a recurring problem with me. But... Girls Last Tour, that was 2017. Maiden Abyss was 2017. 2020 was Decadence, and then... Piss, where was Bo Fury? Wasn't that also 2020? That was also 2020. So you got two things in 2017 and two things in 2020. Have fun. It gets worse if you go back to 2016, actually. Well, not worse, but... Uh, Flip Flappers, you get that was 2016. That That's the only additional entry we get on this list. Flip Flappers. Oof. That's not a dig on Flip Flappers. I mean, you know how much I love that one, but... Oh, yeah, no. Flip Flappers is great, but... That's Studio 3HZ. Of course. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of science like science fiction adventure stories out there. Yes, that's that's kind of my point that I'm getting at. I I think I mentioned this also when I did a whole broad stroke on sci-fi with Baltima Inverted, but what happened? Is I'm again not digging on Decadence. I absolutely love Decadence. But is Decadence is the best we've gotten? I don't really consider Girls Last Tour an adventure story. So that makes, like, what, Decadence the best we've gotten in five years? And that's because none of the other contenders bothered to even be made? I'm sitting here complaining about how a show that I love doesn't have more shows to compete with it. Which, on one hand, feels kind of like the most whiniest of problems. But on the other hand, I feel like it's actually a valid point to say, why isn't there more like this? I'm not even asking for literally more like this, but literally two tags. Sci-fi, adventure. What do you got for me? Nothing? Because, I mean, in the in the season that Dick Dance came out, it it's number 10 in terms of member count. In front of it is Uzaki-chan, which 
I mean, I like it, but it shouldn't be in front of Decadence. There's Sword Art Online, Great Pretender, uh, Misfit of Demon King Academy, Fire Force, God of High School, ReZero. Well, maybe that's ReZero's second season, so I haven't watched it. I already decided it's not my thing, but I'm not going to take that away from the people whose thing it is. I'm trying to find a way to end this off on a happy note, but I'm failing because, I mean, four things in five years, like five things in six years, it's not exactly something to be impressed about when there was, how many isekai came out a couple months, a couple seasons ago? Was it like 10 in one season or something? I believe we did hit 10 in one season at at least one point. Uh, we have I, we've never hit the peak since, but isekai is the uh, genre de jour at the moment. Hey, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll see uh, sci-fi adventure stories be the the new big thing. It'll that'll be the default setting that everybody just like slaps on. And here, here's what, because Isekai wasn't and shouldn't have been a default setting. Because as as we've mentioned numerous times before, it's a it's a plot device that somehow turned into a genre and a setting. That's true. I blame Sword Art Online personally. Everyone blames Sword Art Online. To be fair, it is their fault, but. <laughs> <laughs> Decadence was post-apocalyptic. High, it was literally like the swashbuckling adventure I always wanted. I mean, they go from you know having a deep conversation about their about the effect they've had on each other's lives to leaping through the air, doing backflips, shooting metal straws out of a railgun into a giant bug monster. It was awesome. <laughs> and then like the other things on that list of you know sci-fi uh i don't know if i don't know any enough about made of an abyss to like make a judgment on it but like flip flappers that's set in like the the modern day but they're using this technology to go into alternate dimensions where literally the imagination the sky's the limit and you got reality warpers coming into it that's also really cool and completely set and completely different. It's true. Well, one 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 common thread I just was thinking about for most of these non shonen series is uh, that they have a female protagonist, or at least one of the main characters is a girl. Yeah, no, you are. You hit the nail right on the head. Decadence, Nasume, Flip Flappers, Coconut and Paprika, uh, Girls Last Tour, Chito and Yuri, uh, Maiden Abyss. What's her face? Yeah. Uh, Bo Fury, isn't it? Isn't it Maple? I think so. And if we even include the uh, Patsma Inverted, we've got Patsma. Yeah. I mean, that was 2013. True, but. It is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting that these like big 
swashbuckling sci-fi adventure stories that seem to draw you in have a female protagonist more often than not. It, I don't think it's like a statement on female protagonists in general or you or anything else. It's just an observation. I think it very... I, I could probably actually do a deep dive into that and look into it and come back with some interesting data later. Cause I think they're actually, I think you actually discovered a very interesting nugget that we could, we could, we could, we could pan around it and see where the rest of the gold is. But <laughs> I went back to 2013. So if we include, so we have Potima inverted in that seven, no one up category of Potima inverted flip flappers, uh, Bo Fury, Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet, Deca. We are gaining two series. Two. Eight years for two. That brings us to six, seven in eight years. Almost one per year. Almost one per year. Wow, that's that's really that's that's really good. No, no, it's not. <laughs> You've got like three, four isekais out this season. I'm trying not to be salty, but I'm a naturally salty person by default. I'll be honest, I don't I don't think there's a happy ending to this episode. There isn't, because... There's, it's just... It's a shame there's not more t- swashbuckling sci-fi adventure stories out there. I mean, Decadence is the ray of sunshine and hope at the end of this tunnel, if there is one. Uh, because, I mean, I I guess Studio Nut they're they're not our they're not our last hope, but and really, there's been other there, there's lots of other sci-fi stuff, but that I'm also like planning to watch or have watched <laughs> or yeah, will be coming out and I will be watching, but. The good old-fashioned... I mean, first of all, I think adventure stories in general are great. Just because, I mean... Adventure is to... I guess... So if thriller is the upgraded form of action... I've... Actually, I don't think I brought that up in a previous episode that I meant to. Well, I, I consider thriller to basically be like the upgraded form of action... So, adventure, I guess, is the upgraded form of Slice of Life? It's a bold claim. (laughs) It's a bold claim, but I think I'll stick to it for now. Alright. I mean, adventure is kind of a broad category, but... Yeah. Well, in any case, um, I'm sure that we can come back and dive even deeper into this, but... I guess we'll just have to end on a bit of a downer note. Today. I guess. I want to start blaming other people for this, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's no one's fault. I mean, it's the fault of people for not watching these sorts of things, but I mean, that's... As much as I complain about other people having poor taste and how the things I like are superior to things other people like, I mean... At the end of the day, I guess it's just never spoke to anyone. There are not enough people to make a difference. 
So I'm not overly bitter that Decadence didn't become the breakaway sensation hit that it should have been, but I guess I can at least take some comfort in the fact that it got made and the studio that made it is happy with the end product and that I'm happy with the end product. So I guess, you know, just I guess I'm going to just take this one a little bit of a time. Small victories. Well, uh, until next time, I've been Eli. And I've been Lyle. And this has been Anime Stroganoff.